Hello everyone and welcome. Welcome to my podcast, Broken Vessels Mended by God. I'm so happy to have you here. I know you have a choice of podcasts to listen to, so I'm thrilled that you have selected to listen to my podcast today. And I'm excited because we are starting a new series, Psalm 37, Take Delight in the Lord. This is perhaps one of my most favorite psalms in the Bible, so I'm thrilled to have you with me today to learn more about it. So let's get started. I pray you're as excited to begin this new study of Psalm 37 with me as I am excited to start it with you. I began reading and meditating on this psalm way back in the year 2000. My life, my spiritual life, my personal life, my marriage was a mess back then. I had wandered away from the Lord. I wasn't really studying or reading His Word much because I had a lot of unconfessed sin in my heart. And it started, as it says in the Bible, like 11. It started to permeate everything around me, including my marriage. We had a lot of debt back then, which was putting pressure on our marriage. And I bowed my head and prayed to God one day for a mentor. I asked for an older woman who had raised sons because I raised a son, a woman who is in God's word every day and wanted to share her knowledge with someone. And God answered my prayer. In fact, he almost always answers those prayers, right? And he brought this Christian woman into my life. And when she did counsel me, she never said, I think this, or I think that, no. She always took me to God's word. She took me to God's word for discernment, wisdom, encouragement, and admonition sometimes too. And one of the passages she referred me to the most was Psalm 37. And this Psalm gave me rest and peace during these challenging times. So I am thrilled to share with you what I have learned over the years about this beautiful psalm. Psalms are a collection of lyrical poems, and um, it's one of only two books in the Old Testament to identify itself as a composite work containing multiple authors. Proverbs is the other book. Some psalms name their author in the very first line or title. For example, Moses wrote Psalm 90. David was responsible for many of the Psalms, composing 73. Asaph wrote 12. The descendants of Korah penned 10. Solomon wrote one or two. And Ethan and Haman the Ezraite were responsible for the two others. The remainder of the Psalms do not contain information about their authors. And they are often called praise songs. And in order to properly study a book of the Bible, I always begin with the five journalistic questions in order to make sure we are interpreting this passage of scripture in its proper context. So who? Who wrote Psalm 37? Well, it's known as a Psalm of David. This beautiful sermon David wrote was to be read to his people about God's faithfulness to the righteous and also about the fate of the wicked. This teaching psalm is set apart in that it doesn't provide any prayer or praise or worship of God, but 
It is about the advancement of the wicked and a solution for God's people to handle the situation through exhortation and instruction, which is applicable to what we're going through today, right? Why was it written? All around God's people, the wicked seemed to be prospering. Other nations had powerful kingdoms that lorded their wealth and power over God's people, a very small country, making them feel disgraced. King David was one of the prophets called to instruct the people on how to conduct themselves in the midst of such wickedness. Where was it written? In God's holy land, where David ruled. His people remained tempted to go astray and follow the wicked. And when was it written? This psalm was written during King David's reign near the end of his life. And how Psalm 37 is written as a song, but also a sermon. It's written as an acrostic poem. And King David ordered that it be read to the people. The topic of seeking God while the wicked prosper could be seen as relevant today, right? So sometimes that topic is challenging to us. So think, what do you hope to gain from studying Psalm 37? Think about that. Years ago, my husband and I had the awesome privilege of touring Rome. And while touring Rome, I couldn't help but notice the architecture of the ancient ruins and how the foundation was key to supporting these massive structures. Rome is amazing because you can walk around modern Rome and then turn the corner and there's ancient Rome right there. And the columns of these massive structures rested on solid foundations before rising upward to support the upper covering of the building. The foundation was key in this type of engineering. Without a strong foundation, the entire structure would collapse when a hurricane would happen or an earthquake. And they did endure hurricanes and earthquakes and other natural phenomena. We stood there in ancient Rome among ruins that were over 3,000 years old. Wow. Still standing after floods and earthquakes, wars and great battles. Say, some say the advanced engineering of the Roman architecture was both a blessing and a curse because once these buildings, once these structures were finished, they were built to last, right? So the engineers were out of work and they had to move to other cities to find more work. Rome is a testament to the importance of building on a solid foundation. And as I studied Psalm 37, I saw this passage, this book, as I saw this passage of scripture as a Roman structure with four columns built on the foundation of God's truth these four columns rise up to support the upper covering or the main theme of this scripture which is take delight in the Lord so overall the theme of this passage is our delight in God our desires become his desires when we set our sights on him and not what is happening around us then our desires become his desires does this apply to our lives today 
our political arena today is volatile, perhaps more than ever before. Because of digital media, we see the advancement of the wicked all over the world. Instantaneously, we see these pictures. Our economy goes up and down like a roller coaster, and it seems the ultra-rich just get richer and more powerful, silencing the little guy, right? The little people. And in the midst of all this, Christians all over the world are seen as the enemy. How important is it then for Christians to set their sights on the foundation of God's truth? What would happen if we don't? Psalm 37 reminds us, David reminds his people and us about God's truth. The columns holding up the theme of this chapter are trust, commit, rest, and wait. Now you can see how this passage of scripture lines up and we can begin our study. According to this structure, we will analyze and synthesize these verses. God has a lot to tell you about your heritage, heritage of the righteous, and the fate of the wicked. And when this study is over, you will walk away feeling stronger in your faith in God and your trust in Him. And you will also no longer fret or envy the wicked who prosper once you learn their fate. Trust and obey God. It is the only way to live. So the first column in this study that we'll study is trust in the Lord. He will not forsake his saints. Psalm 37, 1 through 2 says, Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. So the first column we study is trust. Have you ever observed the lives of those who denounce God and spread the hatred of his people, yet they prosper in this world? Well, we all have. Isn't it fascinating to learn that God's people have dealt with this issue since their inception? Why? We all have sin in our hearts, right? The people of God envied the wicked and became angered by them. Our hearts automatically envy those around us because you know, whether they are kind or cruel to us doesn't matter. We go by our sight, envying, coveting what we see. King David understood this and heard the cries of his people. Psalm 37 was his way of instructing God's people on how to handle the advancement of the wicked surrounding and harassing them. We Christians can learn much from this psalm as hatred towards Christians heats up in the world all around us today. But David wrote, do not fret. And the Hebrew word used here means become hot, heated, agitated, or vexed. So he's saying, do not become heated or agitated or vexed. Do these words give you a mental picture of how God's people were reacting to the prosperity of the evildoers? And can you see the hatred and anger and frustration on their faces? If you read Psalm 73, Proverbs 23, and Proverbs 24, you can see in wisdom literature of the Bible, God's people were warned and instructed not to envy the wicked. 
There is something comforting in knowing God's people have dealt with these issues long before you and I came along. How is that comforting? Well, sometimes we feel we are alone in this world, that we are the first ones going through what we are going through. And at times it feels like only we have had to deal with such extreme hatred and persecution and discrimination. But when we read God's word, we see that is not true. In Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, we are told, we have a cloud of witnesses, people who came before us, cheering us on as we endure. They are advising us along the way to keep our focus on Christ and not on our circumstances. Why? Because look at the fate of the wicked in Psalm 37, verse 2, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. So then why would we envy someone who's going to be struck down by God himself? Exactly. We shouldn't. So David wrote in verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. So King David instead commands us to put our focus where it should be. Trust in the Lord. Trust is the first column. Why? Because trust holds everything up. If we don't trust God, how can we take delight in him? How can we worship him? if we don't fully trust him with every aspect of our lives. What's your definition of trust? Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend his faithfulness. So how can we apply all that we've learned so far about Psalm 37? Well, we can rely on the Psalms because many of them, including Psalm 37, were written to instruct us. We can apply Psalm 37 verses 1 through 3 to our lives by keeping our focus on God and not our outer circumstances. When we keep God's word in proper context, we see how God spoke to his people about his word and how his word speaks to us today. In Psalm 37, we are encouraged, instructed, commanded to set our eyes on God above and not on the things of the world. Just like it says, Paul wrote in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Paul had to remind the early church and us to set their eyes on God. Paul wrote this letter to the early church thousands of years after David wrote Psalm 37. And here we are reading these words today. Why? Is it safe to assume that God's people still need reminders today? because we continue to envy evildoers? I think the answer to that question is yes. It isn't enough to simply read God's word. As believers in him, we are to actively apply his word to our lives. As it says in Psalm 119, 9 through 11, treasure it, memorize it, hide it in our hearts, learn it so it will keep us from sin. Applying it and treasuring it in our hearts will keep our hearts from sin. It's that simple. Yes, watching how the wicked are prospering has been happening for thousands of years. Envy is what caused the first murder in human history, remember, in Genesis 4? So in our next lesson, we will continue to look at trust, that first column holding up this, the roof of this passage, which is taking delight in the Lord. 
and we're going to look at how envying the wicked is an act of futility. David clearly reveals the fate of the wicked. Our time would be best spent striving to please the Lord by trusting in Him rather than fretting over what we see before us every day. Trust in the Lord, the unseen, and that way you won't fret or be angry about the seen. So until next time, what did you learn today about God that comforts you and or maybe challenged you today? I look forward to our next lesson in Psalm 37. Thank you for joining me and be blessed.